there's so much at stake. The Conservatives can turn this around, but they need to have a leader who's willing to actually stand for and implement Conservative principles and fight for them. Liz Truss clearly wasn't willing to do that. This is the Daily Signal podcast for Friday, October 21st. I'm Virginia Allen. And that was Niall Gardner, the director of the Margaret Thatcher Center for Freedom at the Heritage Foundation. Gardner joins the show today to discuss Liz Truss's resignation as prime minister of Great Britain and what's next for the nation. Let's go ahead and get to my interview with Niall after this. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Conaparo. And I'm Zach Smith. And we host SCOTUS 101. It's a podcast where you'll get a breakdown of top cases in the highest court in the land. Hear from some of the greatest legal minds. And of course, get a healthy dose of Supreme Court trivia. Want to listen? Find us wherever you get your podcasts or just head to heritage.org slash podcasts. Liz Truss became Prime Minister of Great Britain six weeks ago, but she resigned from her position on Thursday following many calls for her to do so. Here with us to explain why she resigned and what's going to happen next in England is Niall Gardner. Niall is the director of the Margaret Thatcher Center for Freedom at the Heritage Foundation and formerly worked for former British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. Niall, welcome back to the show. It's great to be here. Many thanks for hosting me today. Well, I know it's a busy day for you. Let's start with that big question that everyone is asking right now. Why did Liz Truss resign? What happened that after just six weeks in office, she said, that's all for me? Yes, a great question and really a combination of factors were at work here. So firstly, uh, Liz Truss's position became uh, really uh, untenable within her own party. There was a a growing rebellion within the Conservative uh, Party, really from the left of the party, uh, who uh, disliked her uh, tax cut proposals, and they fought them when she launched them a few weeks ago. And uh, the the left, I think, have staged a, a coup within the party to remove uh, Liz Truss. Uh, and of course, many uh, Conservative MPs did not support Liz Truss in the original leadership contest when she ran against uh, Rishi Sunak, the former uh, Chancellor of the Exchequer. So the knives were already out for Liz Truss on the, the Liberal uh, side of the Conservative Party, no, known as the Tory Wets, actually, who have a track record of trying to depose Conservative leaders they don't like, going back to the days of Margaret Thatcher, of course, and more recently with Boris Johnson, and now with, with Liz Truss. So I think that was a key factor. But mm. but secondly, as well, so Liz Truss launched, in my view, what was actually overall a very good tax-cutting budget, a mini-budget, a few weeks ago. This led to a ferocious backlash from the uh, from the sort of liberal elites in the United Kingdom, from the, from the media, but also, uh, most importantly here, from the IMF. The IMF intervened and condemned the tax cuts, saying they would fuel inflation. Um, and that actually led to um, turmoil in the financial markets in the UK, which unsettled uh, the British government. Uh, and also you had the, uh, the Biden administration weighing and attacking the tax cuts as well. Needless to say, uh, it's outrageous when you have uh, U.S. presidents intervening on this, but this is exactly what they did. And, of course, they didn't like the low-tax economic freedom agenda of the British government because it uh, it makes the United States look very bad with Joe Biden, who is crushing uh, down upon economic freedom, uh, and raising taxes, spending massive amounts of taxpayers' money, um, and, and also raising corporate tax rates as well to 28%. 
And so the, the, the Bidenists did not like what they saw with Liz Truss, mm. a Thatcherite free marketeer. And they weighed in, briefing against her, uh, no doubt in conjunction together with the IMF. But the IMF intervention, I think, was very, very damaging for the prime minister. Uh, and uh, it was a, a political intervention by the IMF. And that, that gravely weakened her. And then the third factor here, that the prime minister actually did a series of U-turns under pressure. She reversed most of the tax cuts. She sacked her chancellor, Kwasi Kwarteng, who was a very good Thatcherite uh, chancellor. She put in place Jeremy Hunt, who uh, is, is a, a figure of the left of the party. And, and basically, Jeremy Hunt, Jeremy Hunt, when he became chancellor, took over as the most powerful person in Britain. Uh, and then just yesterday, the Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, uh, re resigned, who is a very staunch Thatcherite. And that was another blow to the prime minister. Her position became untenable. Uh, she no longer, I think, had the support of the majority of the party. Uh, and uh, also the Tory party grassroots started rebelling against her as well. And opinion polls showed they no longer had confidence her, in her. And so she had to, to go, really, on, on so many, uh, based on so many factors here. So at the end of the day... Was Liz Truss, in your opinion, was she just too conservative for the people of the UK or did she not hold fast enough to those conservative policies that she was putting forward? Um, I don't think she's too conservative. I think she put forward a uh, overall a strongly conservative agenda on the economic front. She didn't have the nerve or the backbone to actually stand by those policies. Mm. And she uh, you know, lost her nerve. She surrendered to the left. You know, when you surrender to the left, it's very dangerous because... It starts uh, a sort of all the sh sharks start circling and it becomes yeah. a feeding frenzy. And eventually, uh, you know, Liz Truss was like a seal surrounded by you know ravenous sharks, and, uh, and uh, she got really uh, eaten alive by members of her own party, frankly. Mm. Uh, and uh, you know, it's a lesson for conservative leaders: don't sacrifice your principles, don't back you know backtrack on conservative ideas. Once you put them out there, defend them, fight for them. Uh, Liz Truss wasn't prepared to do that. Uh, and whether it was a lack of courage or poor advice or all, all those factors combined, the, the reality is she was a hugely disappointing prime minister. Uh, her premiership came to a disastrous end. She has only to herself to blame in some respects, although there are many other factors in her downfall. But um, ultimately, she was no Margaret Thatcher. How likely is it that the Conservative Party will remain the ruling party in Britain? Or do you think that this is an opportunity that the Tory party is really going to take advantage of? Well, so the Conservative government in power at the moment um, does not have to hold an election until the end of 2024. Mm. So the last election was 2019. Boris Johnson won a stunning victory with an 80-seat majority. That majority is down out of 71. Uh, but the reality is the Conservatives are still in a position of power. And you, although you have a new prime minister coming in, that doesn't change the fact that the Conservatives are in power. They didn't have to hold an election. The polling shows that Labour right now have a 20 to 30 point lead. The Labour Party, the Socialist Party, um, in my view, a far left party. If you look at their, their agenda, it, it's just filled with ridiculous socialist ideas combined with um, uh, horrible woke uh, you know, thinking on, on the cultural front as well. Uh, absolute disaster. If Labour took over power, I mean, Britain would, would be... Uh, in, in my view, the British economy would be destroyed and it's also the end of Brexit probably as well with, with Labour. Uh, so there's so much at stake. The Conservatives can turn this around, but they need to have a leader who's willing to actually stand for and implement conservative principles and fight for them. Liz Truss clearly wasn't willing to do that. Uh, and, and we do need to have a prime minister who, with some backbone who's actually going to stand up for conservative policies and ideas 
somebody who's going to truly follow in the footsteps of Margaret Thatcher and, and implement a you know, conservative agenda. Yeah. You wrote on Twitter that this could be a Churchill moment for Boris Johnson. Yes. The future of Great Britain and Brexit is at stake. So I want to talk about both of those those issues there. What exactly do you mean by the fact that this could be a Churchill moment for Boris Johnson? Yes, yes, it's a great question. Now, there's a lot of speculation that Boris Johnson, the former prime minister, is going to run as a candidate in the in the Conservative Party leadership race. And, you know, having met Boris on many, many occasions and hosted him here at Heritage, uh, I, I think that Boris, if he decides to run, would be a, a very, very powerful candidate. Mm. Now, I also mentioned Churchill and Churchillian because, of course, Churchill's career was filled with so many political comebacks. Uh, Churchill lost, of course, in, uh, in 1945, uh, the general election, uh, at the end of World War II. He was cast out and, and the Labour Party took over. He came back in the 1950s as prime minister, very successfully. And so Boris Johnson uh, idolises, of course, Churchill. He wrote a book on Churchill called The Churchill Factor. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, for, for Boris, he's looking at Churchill's career as an inspiration. Mm. Um, and, and I do think that uh, Boris may well seize this moment as a potential saviour for Great Britain, as a defender of Brexit, someone who's going to come in and, and slay the dragon of the left within the Conservative Party. Uh, and this is just a few months, of course, after he was ousted as leader of the, of the party. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of Conservative MPs now who are saying, bring back Boris Interesting. Uh, to save Britain. And so I think if Boris does decide to run... And if he makes it to the final round, which goes to the party grassroots membership, which is about 150,000 or so people, Boris is very, very popular among the grassroots and he could win. Wow, that would be wild to see. Now, in terms of Brexit, why is Brexit now at risk? Yeah, it's at risk really because I think that if you have a conservative party that shifts to the left and a conservative party that is potentially dominated by what we call Remainers, people who voted against Brexit, voted to remain in the European Union, if the Remainers take over the party, then I think that uh, the drive to successfully complete the whole Brexit process, the drive to, to sign all the free trade deals, to completely extricate the UK from the EU uh, in terms of getting rid of all of the EU laws and regulations, this process could be severely hampered mm. and, and delayed and diminished. Now, Far more dangerous, however, is if the Labour Party takes power a couple of years from now. Uh, and the Labour Party says it's committed to Brexit, but uh, a very high percentage of its supporters are actually, or, or MPs, I should say, uh, are, are anti-Brexit. In fact, nearly all of their MPs are anti-Brexit. And so I wouldn't trust a word coming from the leader of the, uh, the, the Labour Party, Sir Keir Starmer, on this at all. Hmm. Uh, the Labour Party, if in power most likely with, in, in coalition with the Scottish Nationalist Party, SNP, and also the Liberal Democrats, both anti-Brexit parties. Uh, I'm in no doubt the Labour Party will backtrack and will start to dismantle the Brexit process. So this is an incredibly dangerous time. Mm. If that happened, if Brexit was reversed, this would be a betrayal of the will of the British people. But the Labour Party, the Socialists, uh, they, they do not have any scruples, I think, on this front. They fundamentally fought against Brexit before, they're now saying they will keep Brexit, but I don't trust a word they're saying on this. All right. So this is a really critical time. Yes, ab absolutely. Critical moment. Now, when we look at what's happened just in recent months in Great Britain, I mean, first Boris Johnson, he was pushed to resign. Then Liz Truss, she's pushed to resign. How much is this truly failed leadership versus 
the United Kingdom maybe just doesn't really know what they want or need right now as a country? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think that um, certainly a lack of leadership has been has been a big issue. Hmm. Now, with, with Boris Johnson, who um, I think was fantastic over Brexit, over, over Ukraine, for example, he was also very good uh, in terms of uh, you know, British leadership in, in developing vaccines over COVID and so on, as was President Trump, actually. The US and the UK developed the vaccines that defeated the, the COVID. Um, but Boris wasn't a particularly disciplined figure. Mm. And he also had, in some areas, on the economic front and the environmental agenda, he wasn't, you know, he did not always advance conservative policies and viewpoints, actually. In fact, Boris's government during the pandemic was a big spending administration, which is part of the reason why Britain's in a big mess right now economically. So Boris really has to has a reverse course on, the, on, those, uh, on those matters. Um, and you have to ask, you know, it, are the British people prepared to really lead on the world stage? Are they, are they committed to what, what that involves and entails? And I would say some are, some are not. But that very much hinges on the on the leadership that is in place. Mm -hmm. If you have a prime minister that sees Britain as a great world power on the world stage, that is going to help lead the free world at a time, especially when the United States is in decline under, under Joe Biden's presidency, which has been an unmitigated disaster, uh, British leadership really matters. And so having the right prime minister is very, very important. If you don't have that prime minister in place, then the British people are not going to have that instinct to lead either. So, uh, so British leadership is is fundamentally important, I think. But you need to have a prime minister has that big picture vision of the UK as a leader for freedom, economic and political freedom, but also willing to confront the enemies of freedom, especially communist China, Putin's Russia, and and, and so on. So, um, and uh, you need a you need a leader who is a big picture visionary, who has backbone and who understands Britain's uh, in historic role on the world stage. Mm -hmm. How are other countries viewing what is happening in Great Britain right now? Specifically, yeah. how is Putin viewing this? Because the yeah. war is raging between Russia and Ukraine. Do we need to be concerned about Putin trying to take advantage yeah. of this moment? Yeah, I think we should be concerned because uh, already if you look at the Twitter accounts from uh, the Russian government, they're gloating over the removal of Liz Truss because Truss was a, a very prominent critic of Putin. And so they're celebrating her departure. Now, if Boris Johnson comes in, they won't be celebrating. And Boris is very, very tough on the Russians. In fact, he's been, the I, I would say, the single biggest leader on the world stage standing with Ukraine against, against Russia. And so the Russians hate Boris Johnson with vengeance. Uh, and if you if you have a weak kneed British leader, that's good for the Russians. Just as having you know weak kneed Joe Biden's good for the Russians because Joe Biden can't make his mind up on what to do half the time, uh, and uh, you know Joe Biden's literally sleeping from behind on the world stage. And so, exactly what the Russians, and the Chinese want is to have some, you know, some half-hearted weak kneed uh, uh, U.S. president who can't even remember, you know the next day what he said the previous day. And so that's not very good for the free world. But if you had someone like Boris Johnson in, in Britain, the Russians absolutely hate him. They fear him. Uh, and uh, also the Chinese don't like Boris Johnson as well, because increasingly he's adopted, he adopted a very hard line towards Beijing. Britain has to stand up to communist China. Because let's face it, I mean, Joe Biden, uh, you know, doesn't do that most of the time. And he uh, there's no coherence in US foreign policy. Britain has to be a very strong leader standing up to both Russia and China. Excellent. 
All right, Niall, we so appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for My coming pleasure. on. It's great to be here. all of our audience, please check out your work at the Heritage Foundation. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Daily Signal podcast. If you have not had the chance, be sure to check out our evening show right here in this podcast feed where we bring you the top news of the day. Also, make sure to subscribe to the Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach even more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review because we read all of your feedback. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day and we'll be right back here with you at 5 p.m. for our top news edition. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen, Samantha Asheris, and Jillian Richards. Sound design by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.